Hello, dear listener. This is Tanner here with Tanner Talks About Stuff That Happened. A reminder that these episodes about Ukraine and Russia are not scripted. They are reporting as quickly as events happen, as often as I can get them. Sometimes I will misspeak. Sometimes I will say things that are untrue, simply because the information that I have at the time is all that I'm being given. In the future, we may look back at things I say here and we'll realize, oh, he was totally wrong about that. But remember, I am doing this because I want people to be as updated as I am, because I'm trying to stay as updated as possible about the events that are happening and trying to report them as unbiased as I possibly can. So with that being said, please give me grace if I misspeak, and please remember that I'm trying to do my absolute best. Without further ado, enjoy this one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. The podcast is Tanner Talks About Stuff That Happened. I'm Tanner, and I'm talking about the war between Russia and the Ukraine. It is February 27th, 2022 today, and we have a few updates, nothing too drastic, because as of this morning, February 27th, even though Russia has an overwhelming invasion force and supposedly much more developed technology to fight this war, as of today, all of Ukraine's major cities are still controlled by the Ukrainian army and the Ukrainian people, despite Russia's costly invasion. Ukraine released new numbers today, and they said that 4,500 people, uh, Russian soldiers, have been killed or captured in this war. That's a pretty high number. I don't know if I can uh, verify that number because it just seems pretty high. But if that's true, Russia is having a really bad time in this war, even if the number is half of that. After four days of fighting, I mean, that is a lot. That's tough. Ukrainians also claim that they've shot down 27 uh, airplanes, 26 helicopters, destroyed 146 tanks, destroyed 706 battle armored cars, 49 cannons, 30 other automobiles, and two boats or ships. That's a lot. And again, even if those numbers are double what they actually are, that's still a lot of losses suffered by the Russians. Uh, numbers of Ukrainians having been killed in the war are tough to come by because Ukraine is not releasing a lot of those numbers, probably to keep the morale of their people high. So we may never, never, we may not know for several years the actual number of casualties that Ukraine is suffering under this. But Overall, there are articles being released today that that Putin is frustrated with his lack of progress in the last couple days because the Russian army, the third strongest army in the world after the United States and China, is suffering at the hands of the 88th strongest army in the world. And obviously part of that is because the Ukraine has armed all of its as many of its people as will as are willing to carry guns. And so that's probably stagnating the Russian advance pretty significantly. I'm seeing lots of videos of Russian troops being ambushed all over Ukraine, and they're having a very bad day. So the newest news coming out of Russia is that Putin actually released a statement today thanking his troops, thanking his veterans, and uh, saying that they were carrying out a noble act in the Ukraine. But again, I think a lot of Russian people are not buying this anymore. So what did Putin decide to do because he's so frustrated? Well, Putin activated his nuclear arsenal. Now, that's not to say that he actually fired any nukes. He didn't. And let's be very clear, I don't think he has any intention of doing so. I think this is a scare tactic. But he put all of his nuclear, nuclear bases on uh, high alert. And he did that on national television. He didn't do it behind 
uh, he didn't do it behind closed doors. He did it right there on international television, broadcasting it to the world to show the world what, uh, that he's putting his nuclear arsenal on high alert. I don't think he's actually going to nuke anybody. I think this is, he's like, oh, look, I'm going to, I'm, this isn't going well for me. I'm going to just nuke everybody then. Putin knows that this is not going as well as he hoped it was going to go. A little more proof that the Russian people are kind of fed up with what's going on here. We're only four and a half days into this war. That's a correction I have to make. Last night, I said Dawn was breaking on the fifth day of fighting. It's actually the fourth day of fighting. We're going into night five of fighting. And uh, something big might happen here. But I, that also, I also said that might happen last night. But that didn't happen last night. Last night was relatively quiet. But... What we got to look at now is that there is a Russian oligarch, an industrial tycoon. I forget his name at the moment, but he's, uh, Russia is an oligarchy. It's controlled by a bunch of very big companies and a bunch of very wealthy men. So one of these oligarchs came out to the rest of the world and he said, yo, this war has got to end. And obviously this is happening because Russia is under a burdening amount of sanctions right now by the entire planet. And I think these oligarchs are starting to feel the heat when their profit margins are starting to get smaller and smaller and smaller and they're starting to go into debt. So the oligarchs are coming out saying, we need peace right now. They didn't necessarily say Putin's got to back out. They didn't say Ukraine is a surrender. He just said, we need peace. And I would imagine that more Russian oligarchs are going to follow in this guy's footsteps because these oligarchs are starting to suffer and their wealth is starting to get drained from their coffers because... They have to keep funding their businesses so Russians don't lose their jobs and rise up against the against the oligarchy. Also impacting Russia in the last 12 hours is that all of your all all countries in the European Union have effectively banned the last three Russian channels from their uh, their cable services, which means that not only can Russia no longer use their use them for propaganda purposes against the European Union, but also they can't get ad revenue from those channels anymore and those viewers in the European Union, however few they may have been. And whoever's controlling those channels, which are probably state-run, they're going to suffer for that a little bit more economically. I mean, Russia's currency is cratering right now as it is. The Russian ruble is losing value drastically. And, I mean, the Russian stock market crashed. The Russian aviation industry is completely basically obsolete because it can no longer fly to any European Union countries or further because all of the airspace over the European Union in the West has been completely closed down. They can only fly. Uh, I don't know if the, if the airspace over the United States has been closed, but only Canada really is. Canada is the closest country that it can still fly to besides countries like China. News out of Kazakhstan today that Putin appealed to Kazakhstan and said, hey, will you send us some soldiers to fight against Ukraine? And Kazakhstan said, no, we're not sending any soldiers to fight in this war. Interesting, because Kazakhstan and Russia are very close. Kazakhstan was once part of Russia, but I guess they're not into it anymore. Last international story, looks like Japan just joined its Western allies to eject selected Russian banks from the SWIFT payments network, making more uh, banks in Russia, making it, making it more difficult for these centralized banks in Russia to send money abroad. Japan also announced that it was going to give $100 million in emergency humanitarian aid to the Ukraine. That's a lot. Ukraine is on the world stage and looks like a lot of people are supporting the Ukraine. All right, and our biggest story of the day is that the Ukraine and Russia have agreed to peace talks on the Ukrainian 
Belarusian border. Initially, uh, uh, Ukraine said, hey, we're willing to work with you guys if you're ready to talk about peace. Russia said, no, we're not talking about peace. Ukraine said, okay, we'll keep fighting. Russia attacked Kiev. Russia got beaten back from Kiev two days in a row. And then Russia said, okay, fine. We'll do peace. We'll do peace talks with you, but it's in, it has to be in Belarus and on our terms. Ukraine said, no, we're not fighting. We're not going to Belarus. We'll go to the border of Ukraine and Belarus, but we will not go into Belarus. And you have to keep all of your helicopters on the ground while we are there. Russia said, okay, fine. So I don't know when that's happening. That was just confirmed about six hours ago, but it looks like Ukraine and Russia are going to be having a peace talk. And this comes while Russian forces are surrounding the the Ukrainian capital of Kyiv. Well, I did a little, little bit more digging on this, and it turns out that information information is not actually true. That information was released by the Russian military, and Kyiv's mayor actually said, yes, Kyiv is encircled, but we're ready to fight. Uh, turns out, several hours later, uh, the, the spokesperson for the mayor came out, and then, and they said, well... We're looking around and actually we don't seem to be surrounded. That's a lie and a manipulation. So maybe Kiev is surrounded, but maybe they're not. As this, as these peace talks are about to happen, um, it's very, I think it's very possible that Russia could have put that little bit of misinformation into this, into this situation to try to put, to try to force Kiev's hand, just like Putin said, Hey, we're ready for nuclear war, which Obviously, Putin is not going to drop nuclear weapons on the Ukraine. It would that wouldn't serve him at all. Wouldn't serve anyone at all, and it would be met with probably nuclear war around the world. And I'm and I'm sure Putin has a level head on him in that regard. And I'm absolutely positive that he is not actually going to instigate nuclear war. But as I was saying, I think this information is actually a misinformation campaign targeting the Kiev peace talks delegation so that their hand is forced. I do not think that Kiev is completely surrounded. We've seen a lot of Russian talk saying, yeah, this invasion is going extremely well, but we've seen a lot of information saying, actually, this invasion is not going super well for Russia. So any information that is coming to me from Russia, I'm extremely skeptical of. So that's where I'm at with that. Uh, reports are that they're not letting any Ukrainian civilians leave the Ukrainian capital. So I imagine if these peace talks are to fail, Russia will attack Kyiv within a couple hours afterward. Fortunately, though, the Belarusian border of Ukraine is very close to Kyiv, maybe an hour drive. So it will be the, the Ukrainian delegation meant to talk about peace will be able to get back to Kiev to fight if the Russians are to attack Kiev shortly after the peace talks fail. Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky has made it very clear to his people that he will not capitulate and he is not going to give up unless the peace talks are fruitful for the Ukraine. I don't know exactly what that means, but he has said that he doesn't believe the, po- the outcome of the negotiations will be positive. However, he stated, quote, let them try so that no citizen of Ukraine doubts that I, as president, tried to stop the war when there was still a chance, however small. And he said that in a video address today. One of the uh, Ukrainian officials said, We will be happy if the result of these negotiations is peace, but, I emphasize this again, we will not give up, we will not capitulate, and we will not give away a centimeter of our territory. I don't think those terms are very positive to Russia because if there is peace between these two nations and the world sees that Russia, that the mighty army of Russia 
was beaten back by the 88th strongest army in the world in Ukraine, Russia would be absolutely humiliated on the world stage. And I don't think that would, uh, I mean, without anything to show for it, I think Russia would be humiliated. And I don't think that they would be willing to go for that. So we'll see what happens there. There's not a lot of other updates uh, besides that. There's still fighting going on in Kharkiv in the east, in the northeast of Ukraine, which is the first city that the Russians attacked. And after four and a half, almost, we're going on night five of fighting. And uh, Kharkiv is still fighting. And the Ukrainian army is still in full control of that city. The fact that Russia has not been able to control a single major city in the Ukraine. Um, and the few cities that they claim to have been under control have since been retaken by the Ukrainian military or the Ukrainian people. I think that's just not good news for Russia at all. I think the Russian soldiers are demoralized. I don't think they're happy to be in Ukraine. I don't think that they're interested in capturing territory in Ukraine. Many of them, this is my, I think, fourth episode saying this, but many Russian soldiers don't even know why they're in the Ukraine. They don't even, they weren't told why they were going in there. They weren't told they were going to be fighting Ukrainians and they didn't sign up for that. So I think that the Russian army is starting to fracture. Like I said yesterday, I think their, their morale is low. I think that the Russian people are starting to wake up to the fact that their leader is lying to them about propaganda, uh, concerning propaganda about the Ukraine, I think is a mess. I don't think this is going very well for the Russian army, and I think it's going surprisingly well for the Ukrainians. So uh, that's a very short update for today. Not much, not much to talk about, but these peace talks may take place today, and if they do happen, I will be following them closely and will release another episode as soon as I get word about what happened there. Thank you all for listening in. Tell your friends so they can stay updated uh, with the information that I'm giving out here. All right, catch you tomorrow or later today if we get good peace talks.